hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly discussion of culture, news, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most fascinating city between Omaha and Salt Lake. This week, we're doing a survey of freaks, starting with MLK hater Brett Reese of Greeley. Then we move to the south to the web troll Jeff Egnor, a.k.a. Abu My Butt. Um, and finally, Wild Oats founder and current Sunflower CEO Michael Gilliand busted for uh, trying to lure underage girls into uh, – an underage woman into sexual relations. I am John Dicker, and I'm here just today with one guest. Uh, well, not even a guest. He's our regular, Jared Jakang Mayor. Joel Warner is off, and we don't have a guest, so it's just the two of us. I know. We're feeling kind of lonely here. It is, yeah. It is, it's strange. Week. It's strange. Next next week we'll have six people, so it'll, it'll be awesome. We'll have to buy two more microphones. But we all, but we do have a whole clan of freaks that we're going to be talking about. And yes. John, what you kind of came up with this idea. What is your definition of a of a freak in this particular context i think it's someone who makes a public spectacle of him of him or herself and it has ideas that are not just way outside the mainstream but way out outside of the fringe or you know outside of the far right beyond the pale of the far left just in in la la land so we're going to start with that uh start on that front with brett reese of Greeley, who is we wanted to talk about for a while and then mlk day came and went and so having a couple of other freaks to kind of put him in thematically was 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 a nice um you know was was fortunate and we have no shortage of you know political freaks in colorado or general freaks and that's one thing that makes living here interesting but brett, brett reese is a member of the love uh, the Greeley evans school board uh, district and he's gotten a lot of hot water because he also ru- runs a low power FM station and has been broadcasting like four times a day this anti Martin Luther King editorial and it's it's just he's taken it upon his mission to to I think as the he sees it get deflate um, the 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 person of Martin Luther King and he and that, that that's there's an interesting debate that's longstanding on the left about how great MLK was and does is it politically wise for him to be the kind of superhero Jesus of the civil rights movement when there were so many other people who arguably were just as important if not more important than him that's a whole separate argument but that's not where Brett Reese is going this is this is the god-hating sexual deviant plagiarist um, we shouldn't be celebrating him at all route and that this is along a lot of the same stuff that the FBI used to smear King and the the COINTELPRO uh, of of the 1960s, which was a you know the J Edgar Hoover just trying to run, run a psyops on MLK and the civil rights movement. Uh, Jared, have you have you followed this much? Or I've I've kind of been around the periphery of it. I haven't done any reporting on it myself, but it, it seems to me that the only reason that this is a story at all is because this guy. Um, Brett Reese happens to be a member of the uh, school board up there in uh, Weld County for I'm not sure which district it is and there in Greeley and that that's how we kind of got into this here's a member of the school board and here he is having his low-powered FM station and 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 uh, you know having all this information out there about MLK so I mean that seemed to kind of Come, come and go as far as the, the claims he was bringing up, and then MLK Day came and went. And then Reese then had to jump on to another controversial thing, which was he was insistent upon bringing his a concealed weapon, a gun, to the actual 
school board meetings, and then that launched into another whole big debate about everything. He just seems to me like a like a guy. He's like a shock jock radio person, and right. he wants to get people listening to his shitty program. <laughs> and he and he's very much into the victimology of it too. He needs to carry the gun to the school board meetings because he's been he's received threats. <laughs> yeah, that because that means- of his editorial, because of what he's saying is so explosive yeah. and controversial. He has to be armed at the school board meeting. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, I have to carry my gun and be controversial because of this other controversial thing I did. And I'd be really surprised to see what type of threat he was getting. Right. And hes I think he's gotten into it with the, the Greeley Tribune, which is a historically a very conservative newspaper, inserting that, you know, insinuating that they're – you know, left their left wing, and I, they've you know they've endorsed you know every conservative. Yeah. They've endorsed yeah, well, and, Musgrave. And Vanessa Martinez uh, this morning sent us a link to a blog that they did where apparently he's going to start up a, a new newspaper called the uh, Greeley Gazette, I think it was, <laughs> and it was going to take on the uh, liberal bias machine that is the Greeley, the Greeley Tribune, and <laughs> I bet they'll have a pretty high readership up there. Mr. Reese is editor in chief. Um, the other thing is he you know, he inserts he asserts that he's not racist and I I just I the, the you know we got he was he's a American hating um, communist sympathizer and it's been pretty well documented that King played a dance with communists and the far left kind of going as a, acting as a go between and really you know using that in a smart way politically saying to LBJ and and JFK before him like you want to deal with me because you don't want to deal with the Black Power and the Black Panther crowd. See, I'm the guy you can work with, which is a, a smart political tact. And, and I don't think he was not embracing communists. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a communist. That, I think that would have come out by now. Certainly there were communists in the civil rights movements, and uh, there are lots of people in the civil rights movement. But th- this this just seems like an irrelevant screed by someone who, ha- who really has a problem uh, with black people well, is my guess. I, I mean, I'm the more I learn about Mr. Reese and his antics, the more I question whether or not we should be paying attention to him at all. Because <laughs> I think clearly he's just looking for the things that are going to be the most controversial. That's going to get him ink and sort of make us all run around and uh, point fingers at him and be angry at him while he can kind of smugly uh, sit there behind his uh, radio microphone and. Uh, just have something to talk about. He almost reminds me of uh, something else. He didn't, uh, uh, Mr. Jeff Peckman, who didn't make it directly into our list. But I'm, a, I was annoyed by this guy. He's the, he's yeah, the UFO, he? he's the UFO guy here in Denver who uh, got the U, the UFO on the ballot in November's yeah, election. In November, and we talked about this. He wanted to force the city of Denver to set up a extraterrestrial affairs commission, and I voted for it. I voted for it too, but unfortunately, it went down. But Peckman has. He's one of these guys that has managed to figure out the ways to get things on the ballot and kind of work the system down there at City Hall in terms of elections. And the reason I'm annoyed again is because he recently submitted filings to be the 16th person running for Denver mayor. Wow. And uh, and then there was another slate of stories about how his main platform is to get a spaceport built <laughs> In the city and county of Denver to, uh, you know, uh, be able to take in the inevitable uh, UFOs that are going to be landing here soon. But, you know, I read this stuff and I'm like, all he did was he just goes down to the city and county clerk's office and, and fills out a few pieces of paper. And he has no intention of raising funds. He has no intention of even thinking that he's going to be mayor. But he just uses this as a way to kind of 
get attention for himself. And, you know, I'm kind of putting both of these guys in the same category. And we're part of the problem because we're talking about them. Yes, we are. <laughs> Yep, yep. So we are we are guilty. Um, we are complete hip- hypocrites here. But now that we've admitted we're guilty, who's our next freak? John? <laughs> next next freak is Jeff Egnor, aka Abu My Butt, who is a lieutenant in the or was a lieutenant in the Douglas County uh, Sheriff's Office, and he was leaving a string of hateful web comments on Nine News and I think another Seven s- News. So, oh, Seven News. Yeah. Um, and on it, their websites. Yeah, and it was you know, it was not. You know, I wish it was was really interesting stuff, but it was you know, kind of like, you know, new military slogans: uh, the few, the queer, the Marines, butt rangers lead the way. This this is like you know, really like high school yeah. high school sophomore, and not even a funny high school sophomore. Uh, but he got he got nailed for it, and that's what but he was leading. He left like hundreds of these, like very very long, on all of these different um, web based stories there on Seven News. And nine news, and uh, how was it that they caught him? Did did you figure that out? It, it I haven't seen it reported exactly how it was how he got busted, but I'm guessing it was something along the lines of the comments got so heated, and there was stuff that could be perceived as threatening. You know, like my immigration policy is a 12 gauge, uh, and then you know liberals are the problem with this country. There was like just there was something that triggered. I, one of the news organizations to contact authorities when they saw all these comments came from the same IP address, which was presumably the Douglas County yeah. uh, Sheriff's Department. So I'm guessing that's what led to his his downfall. Uh, but the more interesting thing, I think, is the culture of, of flame wars and anonymous comments. You kind of get sutured into it and you think that I'm always anonymous and you're you're not. You're, you're not at all. You're not at all. And, and I think that the way that they found out who this guy was was either Seven News or Nine News or one of them had seen that there was this, you know, one anonymous asshole was posting all of these comments and they can, you know, track it all back to, to one username, one anonymous username. But anyone who has managed any of the back end of these blogs, um, whether it be for a newspaper or other website, which I – and I think you've done too, John. Yeah, sure. Is every time someone leaves a comment – you can see the comment, and even if it is anonymous, it always includes information about the actual um, IP address. If, if it asks you to leave a an email, sometimes people are stupid enough to actually leave their own emails, or yep. if you have to register yep. um, to to uh, leave comments, and pe- then all that information comes through, and you can just click on that one user and get this list of every single one that they've done. And with the IP addresses, of course. There's been times where I've seen, like, who is this freak leaving all of these crazy-ass web comments? And you can just go and, and, you know, uh, whois.com is is one way you can just put that in, and it traces it back to where that IP address is. Someone could have just plugged that in there at at 9News, the webmaster over there, and just seen that it traced back to the uh, Douglas County Sheriff's Department or Douglas County, and all of a sudden – your yeah, who who is in the Douglas County's government office leaving all these crazy messages? Yeah, that yeah that would and that's a story that becomes a story on. It becomes itself. a story. All of a sudden, you, all of a sudden, the uh, uh, news reporters over there will trace it back, and it leads back to this one lieutenant who, over the course of a month, all the all the messages that he was leaving, you have to wonder like, was he getting any work done? Was he getting any work done? You're a freaking lieutenant there at the <laughs> county, and you're just sitting there just ranting and raving on all of these. Websites, aren't you supposed to be? Yeah. Don't you have a job? I, I think you know because I've been, I have not left any anything abusive like that, but I have left anonymous comments, and I, I, I 
started to say to myself, because I hated when other people do it, I'm like, I really have to be careful because I don't want to be a hypocrite. And now I say, if I'm going to leave a, a pointed comment, I'm just like, A, could I say this to this person in the, to their face? Or B, is there a... Is what I'm saying? Am I concealing my identity because I don't want who I am to be to get in the way of the message? And I just think that's important to when you're leaving a comment to say, "All right, could I say this to this person's face? Would I do it?" And I think most people in real life, you know, it's the same thing with just emails. When you go back and forth with email, tone gets lost, and you can yeah. you can sound like a real dick. And I, I and I've been guilty of this myself. So it's always like when you get hot about something. I, I try to call someone up, but in the world of web comments, I'm just like, you know, would I say this to this person's face? Yeah, and I and I kind of go through the same process too with emails and web comments, where you know I'll read something, or I'm trying to write an email to someone, or a response to a a reader who you know maybe criticize me, and I want to you know yeah. rip them a new one, and I'll write out the this huge screed of like you know 200 words, yeah. 300 words, or something like that, and I'm going on all of these things, and I. You almost have to step back and say, take a deep breath, maybe go walk away and then come back. Or if it's an email, just keep it in your documents. And then if if an hour from now, I you, still feel like doing it. And more often than not, I go back to it and I just delete it. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. I'm just like, this isn't worth it. If I'm like uh, going to be sending this thing off that could potentially get me in trouble. And especially with web comments, you get so sucked into this battle between – people, right? These people that you think are so ignorant or are such assholes that you just want to prove them wrong. But right. then, uh, then at the end of the day, it's like, what do you really gain out of <laughs> fighting with these, yeah. with these assholes? Right. <laughs> yeah. Colossal waste of time. Uh, there is actually, a, there's a great frontline. I believe it was frontline did a piece about netiquette and web culture, particularly in South Korea, which is, you know, everyone knows the most connected country, I think in the world. And they start teaching netiquette to, to I think, first graders. Yeah, it, it's, I it's, saw that. Yeah, yeah you saw that was to me that was fascinating. But anyway, last freak. Let's move on to well, and this and this next freak. Oh wait, you, yeah, no, this yeah, you had another point about this, right? Well, no, I'm just saying that this next freak, uh, the discussion about being anonymous on the web. Yeah, this fits perfectly into uh, our next gentleman. Right, and this is a pretty breaking story, so we have to be careful with you know not. Totally jumping to conclusions, but as been reported so far, because we never jump to conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Gilliand, who was the co-founder of Wild Oats, which later got purchased by Whole Foods, and then he started Sunflower Markets, which I think has twelve stores in Colorado. Um, he got uh, arrested for soliciting sex uh, online with an underage woman, with with a person who he thought was, was underage. underage. Yeah. And uh, he's saying that he's going to be proved innocent. He stepped down as CEO for the time being. Of Sunflower. Yep. And uh, that's that's where it stands uh, right now. But, yeah, again, another person who presumably thought he was was anonymous. It, it sounded like he got the, 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 the to-catch-a-predator treatment um, via the Phoenix yeah. police. Yeah. And, of course, uh, I guess the backstory of Jillian is that he had started up Whole Foods, not Whole Foods, I'm sorry, Wild Oats in Boulder. Their first store was there off, I think, Broadway in Arapahoe, this mm -hmm. little place, and he started up with his wife, and then that grew into, uh, you know, a big chain of these Wild Oats stores. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, Wild Oats, right? And then yeah. they sold it to Whole, Whole Foods. Foods. Yep. And he took that money and then opened up Sunflower Markets, which, you know, I shop at. Yeah, it's a, it's a really house. good it's grocery store. Yeah. It's great. It's like low prices, and you still get all the. Uh, all the same stuff, and I actually think there was a lawsuit between 
or he was sued by Whole Foods because he had initially signed a uh, non-compete clause when he sold a oh, wild oats. Yeah. But he had claimed that he had uh, gotten around that because Sunflower, he says, oh, that was started up by my brother <laughs> and my ex-wife, and so therefore I can get around. But then eventually there was a settlement, and then they – you know, made him the uh, the CEO and and chief. But I think Sunflower is actually the corporate wise. It's it's based in Colorado. It's a Colorado company, right. even though he lived down there in Arizona. But it is amazing that uh, that when guys they'll get online and they'll be looking for these things and think, oh, I'm gonna, you know, someone's writing to you and you think it's gonna be some like hot 17 year old, but in actuality, it's it's some like 50 year old overweight uh, cop. Right. sitting behind a desk and uh, just chatting with you and then you show up to this place and of course you get you get the whole treatment yeah it's like when are are, are dudes gonna learn that generally speaking women aren't trolling for uh, anonymous sex online <laughs> it's just they're just straight women just aren't doing it sorry they're not um, but, but anyway yeah but this this also brought up to me and I, and I was talking to you John a little bit about this before we started but how the Denver Police Department uh, is has this enforcement unit for child pornography. There was actually an article in the Denver Post this weekend about it. It's like a three or four member team of detectives, and they net more people downloading child pornography than I think any other county in the state. They have a humongous rate for catching these people. And I look at a lot of um, arrest reports and search warrant documents and things like this, and for them, it is like shooting fish in a barrel. They can get up and they can log in and uh, log into these different uh, peer-to-peer sharing networks. They're kind of like a, uh, a Napster for people sharing child porn yeah. and stuff like that. And then all, th- all they have to do is log in and sit there and just watch these files being moved back and forth, and they can track them. And if any of them are tracked back to uh, – people that are living in Colorado De- Colorado, or even the Denver metro area, then they go and they just send a search warrant out to uh, whatever internet provider it is, and they can just right then and there get uh, a home address, lead straight back to a computer. They judge signs the search warrant, go raid the place. There was a guy uh, just recently who lives in Stapleton that I think was a some sort of a sh- instructor for, I think, uh, a charter school there at, Dem- at Denver Public Schools that got caught, you know, downloading these uh, child pornography files and videos. So uh, well, why don't they just shut down the network? I mean, if they can shut down WikiLeaks because <laughs> Joe Lieberman, you know, gets gets a bug up his ass, why why can't they shut these things down? Because I think that they're they're just so amorphous and so large. I mean, a lot of them are based in other countries, and all they are is just these networks that someone sets up there in um, you know Argentina or uh, in Estonia, and uh, you know like torrent feeds and things like that all you do is you log in and you can just swap these things back and forth and uh the, I, I don't think that they just have the jurisdiction to do that i mean how oh. would you where would you even begin to uh shut down something like that but what it does show is that man people think that they're in their house they you know shut the door lock it turn off the lights and they open up their laptop and they're doing all this thing this stuff that they think is in secret and you're not i mean nothing is secret as soon as you get online secrecy goes out the window yeah that's that's the takeaway from tonight from today's <laughs> yeah. this week's episode of Denver Diatribe. Big Brother is always watching, uh, so keep your pants on. Um, let's move on to love hate. Unless you had anything else to. Yeah, I think we can move on to love. But one thing I would like to point out oh, though, yeah, is right. how we when we thought about trying to think of freaks that we were going to bring in and 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 bash on this episode, all we could think about 
were men doing bad things. We had a really hard time rounding up any any women that would meet this criteria. There's the requisite uh, teachers that have gotten busted for having sex with their students. students, but that seems a little bit too easy. The only other thing I can think of is um, uh, the uh, woman who freaked out up there in Loveland and, and went nuts on the Blowjob Jesus painting. Yeah, we, we and we talked about her, and she was actually from Montana, I believe, or Idaho. Um, she was she was just visiting to, to destroy some art, uh, but uh, she's an art tourist. But yeah, no, I, I see your point, and it is it is interesting that uh, yeah, women I guess just end up less in the news for doing freaky crazy. Yeah, I mean there, there's there's the Michelle Bachman, Sarah Palin, uh, political cir- you know circus freaks, but that's. That's just part of the media culture these days. Yeah, and they've been a little quiet in Colorado lately. Yeah. I mean, we could go after Michelle Malkin for any number of the crazy things she says on a regular basis, but that, again, seems uh, like a foregone conclusion. What will we be actually pointing out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, listeners, uh, all four of you, if you have suggestions of, of, of female freaks that uh, along the same lines that we're missing in, in Colorado, please let us know. Um, all right, so now let's do love hate. What do you got? Okay, this this uh, this week I have uh, in keeping with our freak theme, I wanted to give out a big hate to a guy who I've written about a lot in recent years by the name of Scotty Ewing. I have a, a little short piece in Westward this week, kind of going back to Mr. Ewing because he had uh, uh, recently he he was a swinger club owner that right. I've written about a lot. Uh, a lot. He's owned all these different places, but prior to being a very controversial swinger club owner, he had owned a prostitution escort service called Denver Players Denver Sugar, and I had written about him owning that, and you know he had threatened to sue me. He had you know called me name after name after name, had said how wrong I was, and then uh, about two years later after that, the IRS came knocking and actually uh, started an investigation into the current owner of the Denver Players, Denver Sugar, a woman that he had sold this business to and was still getting monthly checks from uh, from the money that was being earned by this escort service that he was using to um, fund his swingers clubs. And it turns out that uh, they've both been indicted. Uh, Brenda Stewart, the the madam that was caught up in all this, she's actually going to trial and is facing about 20 years in prison. And when I looked at the actual court records, it turns out that Ewing had uh, uh, been cooperating with the uh, federal authorities, and now he's probably going to get off with with uh, next to nothing, no jail time. Uh, he has to pay his back taxes, but that's about it. And it uh, just you know, reminded me of all the ways that certain people can just get out of any type of responsibility for their actions because they can – you know, get ahead of the curve. They can rat people out quicker than yeah. they need to, um, and uh, still manage to be standing when everyone else is. Not because they're so great, but because they know how to play the system. Play the system really well. So that's my uh, that's my hey. Check out my little piece on uh, Ewing on this week's uh, Westward. Well, we, yeah, we should link to it on the Facebook page. Um, my hate, or actually, no, sorry, my love <laughs> is on the the expose, and I'm calling it expose of Scientology, uh, specifically through the lens of Paul Haggis, the worst director in the world who made Crash, which won an Oscar, which I think is the worst freaking movie ever. I hate that movie. 
But anyway, his story – I don't hate Paul Haggis by any means. His story about coming out of Scientology – What was it? Is it in the New Yorker. New Yorker. The current issue. Um, fascinating read. Like it's just uh, – to me, I love stories about cults. The way I'm going to link this is to Colorado is that the Scientologists bought the McLean Finland building on Blake Street. And so they're going to have a Scientology center. Oh, there. really? Yeah. So that's that's my my cheesy way to connect it. But I love this this piece because it really gets into the really nefarious ways that Scientology Scientology controls their members, specifically their young members, and how de- how they just flat out lie. I mean, they Lawrence Wright busted these document these documents about L. Ron Hubbard's military records, and they just flat out lie. It, it it's a fascinating read, um, and yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. So, if the Scientologists are going to be opening up a big center there in uh, in Lodo, is that a sign that our um, city's coming up in the world? Yeah, our entertainment industry is getting a I, well. Uh, it, bit I bigger? don't I don't think they're going to call it unless if they don't call it a celebrity center. That means we're just the same old Denver. If it's called a celebrity center, then we've moved up in the world. Or they could call it Celebrity Sports Center, which uh, for any Denver natives will remember the. Uh, the Waterslide Amusement Park there in the <laughs> 80s off of uh, Colorado Boulevard. I think they should call it the Celebrity Sports Center. They might get a lot of nostalgic people showing up to their doors That's and true. put in a water slide. <laughs> and we probably have more sports celebrities than, than real ce- celebrities <laughs> here. So – Anyway, that's all the celebrities we have time for. Thanks so much for listening. We're on the web at DenverDiatribe.com, on Twitter at Denver Diatribe, and you can link to our Facebook from our website. For John and Jared, we are the Denver Diatribe, and we're out. Thank you.